Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023, and we have a tremendous show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. Uh, I was struck today by... um, An article that I saw on Zero Hedge, which, of course, is just a fantastic uh, website for keeping up on all things financial. But, you know, when I look at a story like this about the oil price, it makes me think about how it affects, you know, um, uh, everyday people and of course, especially the caregivers and the disabled. Because when gas prices go up, forgive me for the extra scrunchy noise because I've got a vest on because it's actually, you know, temperatures are starting to cool down overnight and in the morning, and uh, we're starting to head into that time of the year. Uh, This is you know, not great news for the average person, the average caregiver, uh, when it comes to an outlook, you know, and so the reason I'm sharing this story with you is that you can adjust your outlook to, you know, put the emphasis on preparation for, you know, Really, I I think in a geopolitical sense, a bad situation coming. Let's go to this article first before we go super macro. The title of the article is, and I I I don't have it up yet. I will have it up on the um, the Encouraging Angels website by the time you hopefully uh, download this. If not, it'll be up right after. Uh, thanks, Joe. Gas prices have never been this high this time of year. And, um, again, this is Zero Hedge, Monday, September 18th, uh, 6.55 p.m., so it's fresh. Oil prices in the U.S. jumped back above $90 a barrel for the first time since November 2022, sending worrying signals to the Fed and the White House. The surge in WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, for those of you who are in the business, uh, has dragged gasoline prices at the pump dramatically higher. And worse still, given the lag in the supply chain, pump prices look set to go higher. Just to diverge for a second, you know, there's the oil price, which is, you know, the big macro price, um, that's for, you know, sovereigns and, you know, big companies and so forth. But the the real thing that matters, of course, is to the average person is the price at the pump. And also, you know, for, you know, the delivery of goods. Um, and that uh, goes right in with um, refining capacity because you can't use the oil that comes out of the ground. It has to be refined into gasoline. 
So, prices are much higher. Despite the end, back to the article, despite the end of the peak summer driving season, gas prices, which were already a factor in pushing up inflation in August, will likely continue rising through next week because of the spike in oil prices. In fact, prices at the pump are at a record high for this time of the year, surpassing prior seasonal highs in 2022, 2012, and 2008. According to AAA, at least a dozen states have prices averaging $4 a gallon or higher, including Colorado, North Dakota, and California. And the president acknowledged uh, the spike in gas prices in a press statement in September, September, excuse me, on September 13th. Um, And I'm going to skip that whole thing. And just going down a little lower on the article here, um, you know, (laughs) they released a whole lot of gasoline in the, the, uh, or petroleum in the the, uh, strategic petroleum reserves you know, in that release. Uh, And yet, prices are the highest they have ever been. Of course, they don't have anything to release anymore. That's really the issue, is that they're at roughly, according to a graph from Bloomberg, at really about um, maybe 350,000 barrels of oil. You know, down from, I mean... More, you know, double that before they did the release. So uh, this is a real mess um, because, you know, with oil above $90 and gas is above $4 in 12 states already, you know, around here, you know, I, we have two cars that we have to put premium in, which is 93, which is more expensive anyway. You know, we're paying 450 for what we buy. Um, and they're old cars. I mean, <laughs> just to let you know, I won't tell you what cars I'm driving, but the two cars we have, uh, one is 25 years old and our new car is um, 18 years old. And the total miles between the two of them are about 360,000. So we do keep them going by doing simple things like this, by using, you know, the better gasoline. But the price of it is becoming much more expensive and has never been higher at this time of the year. Um, you know, I, the, the current administration's policy to stop drilling in Alaska, I mean, what's with that? Again, I mean, they've made so many bad decisions on oil. We think they're bad decisions. I think these things are purposeful, in my humble opinion, uh, because nobody can be this stupid. Excuse my French. Um, But, you know, in the end, in the end, what does this mean, you know, for someone who's taken care of, say, someone who's disabled? I mean... A disabled a, a couple taking care of one disabled child will be fortunate if they were like us, where back in the day, um, one of us, like my wife, would go to work and I would stay home and take care of my daughter. And then uh, my, my wife would be home and I would go to work. 
And we did that ad infinitum. Again, you know, we did ICU level care uh, for our daughter with no, uh, no outside help for eight and a half years. Um, when the cost of gasoline gets this high and you're already struggling because of, you know, the extra cost it takes to take care of a person uh, who can't do things for themselves. You know, you already, you already have, you have constraints that you're dealing with like time, um, availability of resources, and sometimes ever increasing resources, you know, as, as you do caregiving, I mean, you have to employ different, uh, you know, modalities of therapy, for instance, and sometimes they get really expensive. But now with the cost of gas, or the, and again, the cost of oil with this in regards to this story, above $90, you're going to see the cost of literally anything that travels by truck get more expensive. And the number one thing, of course, is food. So I want to implore you again. Is is while you have the opportunity, and while because, in my humble opinion, we're starting to look at uh, because of the dollar, because of the weakening position worldwide of the U.S. dollar. Even though that, if you look at the Dixie DXY, that's the dollar index. Yes, it's going up. But it's, it is uh, not gauged in its strength against something that's been money for 5,000 years, which is gold. Because if it was gauged against gold, it would be dropping. But it's measured against, you know, weakening currencies. It's measured against the yen, the euro, uh, I think the Swiss... Uh, the Swiss franc, uh, there's a small amount of Chinese yuan in the Dixie, but not much. Um, so when it's, you know, when you have, you know, one competitor measured against all weaklings, it's going to look strong. But if it was measured against something real, which is what the proposed BRICS currencies is or will be about, is that there will be some connection to commodities and most likely gold. Now, could they could add silver, they could add oil. Um, there could be some other, you know, addition, maybe wheat or something. Um, but it will have a connection to something real because the rest of the world has become sick and tired of giving one country the hegemony position of the world by letting it just print money and give that to people in exchange for hard goods, which they did, you know, you know, we give dollars to, uh, you know, South Korea or whatever, and they give us televisions and technology, etc. That is coming to an end. Now, how long will it take? I don't know. Will it take three years or three months? 
You know, if there's something because of this crazy war, there are doomsday planes in the air right now. People think everything's okay, you know, because they're listening to the mainstream media who are not telling them just how severe things are becoming. Um, again, you, even though we've mentioned it before, the U.S. has moved, you know, uh, missiles into uh, Romania. Of course, you know, Poland has is <laughs> just loaded with stuff for war. And this is all on Russia's doorstep. And again, Russia didn't start this war. Yes, they began a military operation on February 24th, 2022, but that's not when the war started. At a minimum, and I do mean a minimum, you have to go back to at least 2014 when the United States, through the actions of most specifically Victoria Nuland, uh, the war hawk, you know, overthrew a duly elected government in the Ukraine. They overthrew actually a Russian-friendly uh, uh politician in exchange for a, a Western friendly government and uh, subsequently employed the Ukrainian military to go to the Western Russian speaking people of the Ukraine in the Donbass and the Donetsk. And they basically did, for lack of a better term, um, ethnic cleansing and um, took care of, if you know what I mean, 14,000 of their own people. I've written about that previously. You can find that at www.encouragingangels.org on the blog. You'd have to go back probably seven or eight months to find that. And of course, 30 years ago, um, you know, the West, NATO, the U.S. agreed with Russia that they would not move any further east towards the Russian border and would not, um, you know, enlist any more members of NATO. And, of course, that's all that they did. And in 2015, you had the Minsk Agreement, where France, Russia, Germany, and the Ukraine sat down and hammered out an agreement where the Ukraine was supposed to, but they never did, give voting and representation to the Russian-speaking people of the Donetsk and Donbass. Uh, and, of course, to stop the, the damn genocide. But um, Angela Merkel came out last year in 2022, about a year ago, and said that the Minsk agreement was nothing more than a, a ploy to buy time for the West to build an army to go against Russia. Um, the rest of the world is sick of this sh shizzle, if you know what I'm saying. Um, America has broken every promise it has made in the, you know, internationally. Who wants to cut deals with liars? I'm not saying the other people, you know, I'm not saying Russia is some uh, glorious country to be, um, I don't know, to, to, you know, 
to be venerated or whatever, or Putin. I'm not a Putin apologist or a Russia apologist. I'm just saying, good God, they acted in good faith, and the United States did not. It's that simple. And so all these things, you know, and again, assets are being uh, diverted from the U.S. into this black hole known as the Ukraine war. And by the way, if you go all the way back, speaking of oil, to when the petrodollar was basically birthed in the early 70s, when Saudi Arabia agreed um, to only take U.S. dollars for oil, that cemented the U.S. dollar as the premier, you know, as the, the world reserve currency um, because everybody had to hold dollars. First of all, at this point now, every, you know, all the other countries are trading in OTD. That's other than dollar. You know, Russia's trading with India. Um, you know, China's trading with whoever they want, and they are actually exporting oil. Uh, and the real kicker which I can't believe I really haven't seen, a, you know, a really like a, an article on this, so I probably need to write something, is that uh, Saudi Arabia is now a member of BRICS. That's the death knell for the United States dollar. It began, the, the petrodollar began with Saudi Arabia, and it is now ending with the exit of Saudi Arabia you know, away from Western control and into the hands of the BRICS, willingly, you know, and, and they become bigger players worldwide. In other words, let's put it this way, the dollar has run out of gas. And I thank Bo Polney for uh, quoting that on um, Greg Hunter's USA Watchdog yesterday. So if I seem a little worked up, it's because this thing is a blankety blank. <laughs> I, I am doing my best to keep this a family show. It's a cluster. That's what it is. And this is not temporary. <clears throat> it's not temporary. Because of this, <clears throat> you know, since countries don't have to hold U.S. dollars, which basically they held, they didn't hold in dollar bills like you and I have in our pocket. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they held it in the form of U.S. treasuries. And now they don't have to do that. So with everybody, you know, either letting treasuries uh you know expire and not roll in other words they get you know their discount or they just get their principal back and they're not renewing that they're not buying another bond when that comes due all of these dollars are finding their way back home to the united states it and since nobody's buying these bonds let's say virtually nobody including our, quote, allies like Japan, they are exiting the treasury market. 
This means there's no demand for treasuries, or let's say a much less demand for treasuries. And when there's less demand in order to uh, engage interest by possible investors, you have to raise the interest rate. In my humble opinion, that's one of the main reasons why the Federal Reserve is raising rates. Um, Because what's underpinning? Where's the demand coming from for the dollar? Okay, so like I mentioned, is that if you measure the dollar against something real like gold, it would be declining. But they're not. They, you know, they say, oh, it's getting so strong because they're measuring against declining currencies because all these countries are, 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 you know, crap in the bed at the same time. But when you measure the dollar against oil, isn't it interesting that the oil price goes up because it takes more dollars to buy that oil? In that respect, you know, there's the dollar being measured against a real commodity and the dollar's going down. Because when it takes $90 to buy a, uh, a barrel of oil as opposed to 60 that is a dollar that has uh, decreased by about 50%, in my humble opinion. Just a you know, slight observation. And so, as the world turns back, as it always has, towards the you know, commodities as what has value and not little green pieces of paper with pictures of old presidents. The United States dollar, you know, back in 2018, Paul Krugman, you know, Nobel Prize uh, nominee, said that the dollar has standing and power because uh, it is backed by, you know, men with guns. In my humble opinion, that's a huge part of why this Ukraine war is happening. Is why the United States keeps pouring money into the Ukraine. The Ukrainians have lost 400,000 men. According to an interview I watched over the weekend with um, Tucker Carlson with a a retired general. 400,000 dead Ukrainians. And I think the Russians have lost maybe 50,000. That's still a big number. Um, But why is the U.S. pouring money into this thing, which really isn't our war, at least when you look at it, but it is from the, the, the position of the neocons who cannot afford to lose the preeminence uh, that affords itself by having the world reserve currency because they know when they ran the sanctions against Russia, the Russian ruble tanked, and then Vladimir Putin did something very smart, and he linked the ruble to gold, which put a floor under the ruble at around 1600 in gold, you know, um, a year and a half ago. Now, the ruble rallied huge after that, 
Uh, it's gone down a bit. It's back down. It, it rallied to 60. It's back down around 100 or so. And I listened to a fantastic um, uh, interview with uh, Alistair McLeod, who was really, uh, I, as far as the gold markets uh, and banking and so forth, he is at the very top of anyone who has an opinion. He writes for goldmoney.com. And he is opining. I could do a whole show on this right here, and maybe I'll do something written on it. Um, he is opining that it would be in the Russians' best interest to come out with a gold ruble, a gold-backed ruble. Because it's, you know... Um, I'm going to go deeper into that. But if that happens, the, the main point that he made is that in a world where you have a commodity-backed currency, fiat currencies cannot exist with it. In other words, if you have a gold-backed currency, first of all, others will soon follow because it will immediately push out. It's the opposite of Grisham's law, um, but fiat currencies cannot exist in the same universe as real money. It cannot. Because the United States dollar, which used to be backed by the full faith and credit, what, what faith? What faith can you have in the uh, the U.S. dollar when it is, is no longer backed by oil, which it basically was because everybody had to take dollars in order to buy oil. That is gone. Saudi Arabia is gone. It's in part of the BRICS. This is for the average person now when I say this. I say all this to say things are going to get really, really really expensive that means inflation it means high inflation and ultimately possibly but i think ultimately it will be hyperinflation we're going to have some you know although history does not repeat exactly but it rhymes right is that we're going to have some parallel uh experience to weimar germany and so when they bring out this central bank digital currency, they will be able to track everything that you do, which will be horrible. But it is just another fiat currency. It won't be backed by anything unless they pull a rabbit out of a hat. Like Bix Weir talks about all of the, the gold that is um, buried and in the, uh, the Grand Canyon, perhaps, you know. And you can't get in there to see it. You know, it's guarded, actually. Like, the U.S. military actually guards that. So, uh, Bix has done a lot of... There's some stuff I, I definitely don't like about what Bix Weir does as far as... Uh, uh, you know, he does these, like... Oh, heck. It's not a tarot card reading. He's got a girl, Jenny Moonstone, um, who, who, who does these readings and, I don't know, spiritual interpretations, which, to me, is satanic. Besides that, though, Bix has done a lot of really, really good work. And so I applaud him and recognize him for that. I wish he wouldn't do this stuff with Jenny Moonstone. Uh, 
you know, Jesus Christ is Lord as far as I'm concerned. Um, and the only one worth um, uh, spending my spiritual en- energy on. And by the way, I mean, consulting a medium, which is what he's doing, uh, that's what cost Saul his kingdom. That's what cost Saul the uh, his his kingship in Israel is when he consulted a medium. So people should not do that. Um, but things are going to get real expensive. And so I implore those who are listening to this and especially, of course, the caregivers of the disabled, you have to pre-position assets, you, which means you need to buy food. And, you know, again, the U.S. military has done studies, and in order to keep a fighting age man in the field for a year, he has to have 3,200 calories a day, which is about two pounds of food a day, which is 750 pounds a year. That is way more than I'll bet you thought it took to feed somebody for a year. And if you thought about, like, what it would take to do that. But right now, you can still buy, you know, go to to, uh, Costco and buy 25 pounds of rice for $12.50. That's 50 cents a pound. Think about almost everybody can eat rice. Now, even if you can't swallow because, you know, you've got a feeding tube or, you know, a problem swallowing like a lot of disabled folks do. Um, Rice can still be, you know, put into a form, you know, to to meet their their feeding needs. Um, And, you know, you can live on it if you have to. You have got to get a hold of food before. I mean, look, when, when, when gas prices get high enough, like this could be, uh, I know Morgan Stanley came out with rates saying it's going to be different this time. That scares me. Now, that's a, uh, I don't have a paid uh, uh, Zero Hedge subscription, so I didn't get to see the actual body of the article. Um, But um, that bodes poorly, poorly for affordability of the things that matter to the average person. And uh, you, you know, your dollars are worth more now than they will be this time next year. You know, last year, you know, the government said inflation was up, well, I don't know, 7 8%. Martin Armstrong, who, uh, who measures, um, you know, these things, economist, uh, said that inflation for the things that matter for the average person in the year of 2022 for the whole year, inflation was 32%. Another way of saying that is, let's say that you spent, I'm just going to, even though you you spent more than this, if you spent $1,000 on food at, you know, at the beginning of 22, at the end of 2022, you would have to spend, you know, over $1,300 to get the same market basket of food. You know, the government is... is, shoveling a whole bunch of horse hockey at us saying inflation's only three four percent martin armstrong said yeah inflation did come down a little but it, it's running at this was a couple of months ago inflation's still running at 26 percent look at the price of gas right now that's why i'm doing this story is inflation going down or going up i mean rents are going up you know 
The price of food is going up. The price of gas is going up. Who are these people kidding? Who are they Zooming? As Aretha Franklin said in 1986, who's Zooming who? Wake up. Time is short. Get working on all this. You need to have food. You need to have water and a way to filter, purify, and store water. At a minimum, you need to have, you know, a gallon of water per person, you know, per day, at least for two weeks to a month in case of some nuclear event. You know, the Russians Russians are not going to, if they have to respond nuclear in a military manner, they're not going to strike the Ukraine. They're going after America because they know where the money and everything else is coming from. Do you understand? In my humble opinion. Okay. You need food. You need water. You need shelter. You better have a nuclear uh, uh, fallout plan to deal with that. And I would be remiss right now if I did not ask you to please consider going to civildefensemanual.com and considering the purchase of that resource. Yes, it's $100. It's a two-volume set, 950 pages by Jack Lawson, also with co-writers, NC Scout, you know, uh, military NCO on communications, Matt Bracken, Navy SEAL on on uh, night fighting, uh, Sam Culper on intelligence gathering, and, and uh, Jack writing on the neighborhood protection team on how, you know, you need to get involved with your neighbors. Um, CivilDefenseManual.com. CivilDefenseManual.com. So you need food, water, shelter, energy, For anyone who has energy needs, like you're running a CPAP machine, you're running an oxygen concentration machine, you're running a, a, uh, you know, a C, what did I say? CPAP, oxygen, suction machine, any of these things you need to look into, like, for instance, a, um, a solar generator. Look at brands. Again, this is my humble opinion. I'm not, you know, that nobody endorses me. I'm not getting any money for this. Look at the brands like EcoFlow. Look at brands like Blue Eti. That's one word, Blue Eti. B-L-U-E-T-T-I. Look at Goal Zero. Look at companies like that and get, you know, call the company and get some consultation on what you need to run minimum, like for your machine, and also to be able to run some lights and maybe keep your refrigerators going. That's huge because even if you have a gas generator, you're going to run out of gas eventually. And look at the price of gas as we're you know looking at this story today. Gas prices have never been higher this time of year. Um, and you need protection. And that means a lot of things um, that you already know about. But one is being where people are not. Having a country cousin have some place to go outside of a major city, away from these darn fifteen minute cities they're planning. That, that so that's the reason I did this story today. It is going to make everything. It's going to make the reality of surviving so much harder. You know because. Everything is working against the U.S. right now. Everything is working against the U.S. consumer. Everything. Inflation is a tax that you just can't keep up with. And hyperinflation is one that uh, kills countries. 
Oh, yeah. Look at Zimbabwe. Look at Argentina. Venezuela. And, of course, Weimar, Germany. Weimar is the Weimar Republic, you know, um, experienced this in trying to pay for reparations for World War One. you know, between, you know, 1919 and especially 1923. And then they started to get a little bit of a hold on things. It was still fake fiat that kind of bailed them out. But, um, I mean... You know, I just, I bought a couple of things. And one of the things I bought on Amazon was a Zimbabwe note, a $500 million Zimbabwe note. Uh, I bought it for six bucks. (laughs) And that's just the cost of the novelty of it. Because the actual note has no value. That's what happens in inflation. That's what happens when no one wants to buy your bonds. I don't know how bad it's going to get for the U.S. But I know that this thing ain't over. That's my opinion. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. If you find this of value, please go to www.encouragingangels.org. Click on the Donate tab and you can give online through the Cornerstone link, a really great payment processor, no baloney. Um... And, uh, you know, they've, we've been with them for, you know, over a year and we have been blessed to, to work with them. Um, you click on the link that we have there for Cornerstone and uh, they will process that excellently. And you can also send something directly to our P.O. box. It's right there on the donate page at www.encouragingangels.org. Well, this is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Szymanski and I look forward to to seeing you right here next time.